0: Welcome to Voice for Choice podcast, the podcast that focuses on China issues with special attention to the central and Eastern European perspective. I am your new host, Kara Mechkova. Joining me today will be professor Tetsuo Kotani. He is a professor at Meikai University and a senior fellow at the Japan Institute of International Affairs. His research focus is Japan's foreign and security policy, the US-Japan alliance and international relations and maritime security in the Indo-Pacific region. Hello and welcome.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Today we will be discussing the implications of Russian invasion of Ukraine for the development in the Taiwan Strait and Japan's security environment. More than six months ago, Russia launched a full-scale invasion of neighboring Ukraine. How have Asian countries responded to the Russian invasion of Ukraine?
1: Well, I think the Russian invasion of Ukraine was perceived by many Asian countries As a threat to the international uh, order. For example, in March, the United Nations General Assembly adopted the resolution condemning the Russian invasion. And uh, many countries in Asia supported this uh, resolution. So I think many many, uh, Asian countries perceived this invasion. Uh, as an an acceptable challenge to the rules-based international order, But on the other hand, in terms of the sanctions against uh, Russia, there are very few Asian nations uh, doing the sanctions. Uh, Japan, South Korea, Singapore, Australia, and New Zealand, and that's it. And most of the Asian countries Uh, refrain from joining the sanction regimes. So there are uh, different responses by uh, Asian countries, but uh, uh, I think generally speaking, the invasion per se was not accepted by many Asian countries.
0: Has the invasion increased or decreased the likelihood of Chinese invasion of Taiwan?
1: Well, it's complicated. Uh, I think the Chinese leadership is learning a lot of lessons from the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And some lessons might be positive for China and some might be negative. So, for example, I think the Chinese leadership was very much upset by the fact the international community got united and condemned the, the Russian invasion. So if the Chinese leadership decides to invade Taiwan, uh, they have to uh, expect the isolation in the international community. But on the other hand, uh, in Asia, there are very few countries joining the sanction regimes. And given the China's economic power uh, compared to Russian economy, I think Chinese leadership might think uh, they don't have to worry about economic. Isolation uh, plus uh, the nuclear shadowing method in the in the initial phase of Ukrainian invasion. So Chinese, uh, the I mean the Beijing might also think they can uh, hint a use of nuclear weapons in the very initial phase of the conflict across the Taiwan Strait to prevent. Uh, particularly the U.S. military intervention. And, and so I, I think the negative lessons for, or another negative lesson for Beijing. So in the case of Ukraine, the Ukrainian people resisted. And, uh, and because of that, Russian military operations are not doing quite well. And this fact is now encouraging the Taiwanese people. I think Taiwanese people now believe uh, as long as they resist, the international community would uh, continue to help them. Uh, And if so, uh, China's leadership might have to worry about the resistance by the Taiwanese uh, people. So uh, the lessons from the Ukraine uh, conflict Uh, very much complicated so it's not so easy to conclude either uh, the Ukrainian issue would hasten the Chinese decision to invade or not.
0: I would like to follow up on lessons you talked about from uh, the invasion of Ukraine. Are there any concrete lessons to be drawn for Taiwan in terms of the national resilience and combat readiness, such as the value of civil defense?
1: Yes. So against the Russian invasion, the Ukrainian, uh, Ukrainian forces and also the Ukrainian people are resisting. And uh, uh, part of the uh, reasons why they have been successful was uh, the the provision of arms and ammunition uh, from the international community. Otherwise, uh, I would think the Ukrainian forces uh, couldn't continue the fight against the Russians. So I think uh, the Taiwanese are also learning the lessons that uh, to continue uh, to uh, to continue the fight against Chinese, uh, Taiwanese people have to receive uh, the support from the international community, particularly the United States. The difference between Ukraine and Taiwan is Taiwan is an island nation. So in the case of Ukraine, the international community can deliver the weapons and ammunitions by rail or road. But to support Taiwan, the international community has to deliver the weapons by sea when we have to expect China would be doing a naval blockade. So this is going to be a very dangerous uh, mission. And uh, I think the United States and also Japan have to play a critical role here and uh, uh, the same can be told about uh, evacuation of civilians ukrainian people could evacuate uh, by rail mainly to the neighboring countries but in the case of taiwan the civilians need to uh, either fly out or uh, go out by ship but again China would be doing a a blockade surrounding Taiwan. So even the evacuation of civilians would be very much uh, dangerous. And the difficult problem is uh, most of the countries don't have official or diplomatic relations with Taiwan. So it is not easy for international community to coordinate uh, with Taiwan about evacuation uh, operation. So we have to come up with uh, uh, certain uh, measures to prepare the civilian uh, evacuation.
0: How would the uh, cross strait contingency impact Japan's security strategy? What is Japan's role in case of uh, invasion of Taiwan?
1: Well, it, or, uh, it depends on how the invasion uh, will start. It, uh, it depends on the scenarios. But we basically assume if uh, Taiwan contingency happens, Japan could not be irrelevant. First of all, because of the geographical proximity, and also because we host U.S. military. Uh, I think uh, China might think striking uh, those U.S. forces in Japan. So uh, the Taiwan contingency could become Japan contingency. So we have to uh, think of this scenario as our own security issue. And I understand the Japanese government is now uh, considering a possible uh, Taiwan contingency. And uh, they are coming up with uh, operational operational plan. And uh, uh, the Japanese government is, is also working with the US government to prepare uh, the uh, possible Taiwan contingency. So uh, by doing that, uh, we uh, try to prepare uh, any uh, scenario uh, which China might uh, take to invade Taiwan.
0: So what can Japan actually do to better prepare? Uh, of course, develop a plan, but can you elaborate on that?
1: So if Taiwan contingency happens. I think uh, Japan uh, should do primarily two things. One is uh, to secure the provision of weapons and ammunition to Taiwan. So perhaps uh, the United States would continue to provide uh, weapons to Taiwan even after the Chinese invasion of Taiwan starts. So just like uh, Poland became an uh, uh, entrance to uh, Ukraine in terms of delivering weapons, I think Japan would become an entry site for the U.S. weapons uh, to be delivered to Taiwan. But uh, we have to assume China would be doing a blockade around Taiwan. So when the U.S. military uh, delivers those weapons to Taiwan, I think what uh, Japan has to do is to escort those uh, US forces delivering weapons to Taiwan. This is going to be a very dangerous mission, but uh, under the current Japanese uh, legislation uh, that self-defense forces now could do this operation. The second thing uh, Japan should do is actually to defend our own territories. In the uh, Taiwan contingency, the U.S. bases in Okinawa uh, would be very important. But at the same time, uh, U.S. bases in Okinawa uh, would be a uh, primary target for the China's military. So uh, we have to defend ourselves. Our defend, uh, we have to defend our territory of Okinawa so that US could launch military operations from Okinawa.
0: Ballistic missiles launched by China during a military exercise landed in Japan's exclusive economic zone. Uh, Foreign Minister Hayashi Yoshimasa called this a grave incident concerning the security of Japan and safety of its people and stated that Japan strongly condemns the actions of China. How does this recent development affect the Sino-Japanese relations?
1: We are very much concerned about the recent military exercise by China and uh, the launch of a missile against the Japanese EVZ, uh, which indicates, uh, in the case of Taiwan contingency, uh, China would try to strike a Japanese territory. But on the other hand, China is still... Uh, the Japan's number one trading partner. So we have to maintain a uh, a stable relations with China. And this year is the 50th anniversary of the normalization of of diplomatic relations between Tokyo and Beijing. And uh, uh, we are kind of thinking how we can celebrate this anniversary. But the problem is, the, according to the public opinion polls, more than 90% of the Japanese people don't have a, a positive feeling toward China. So if the Japanese government tried to celebrate the 50th anniversary with Beijing, that might be criticized by, by the Japanese general public. So the Japanese government is facing a very difficult uh, choices, either uh, continue to uh, stabilize the relationship with our neighbor, China, or take a more tougher approach to, to China, which uh, is making lots of problems in the region.
0: Do you think that uh, China's invasion of Taiwan might increase the risk of contingency involving the disputed Senkaku Islands or islands in the South China Sea?
1: Because China claims the Senkaku Islands part of Taiwan, I would think uh, if China decides to invade Taiwan, it's likely uh, that China also tries to uh, take the Senkaku Islands. And if so, this is going to be a very difficult operation for Japan and the United States. Uh, On one hand, we have to focus our efforts to support Taiwan. But at the same time, we have to defend our own territories, uh, the Senkaku Islands. So we have to allocate our uh, resources. Uh, So this is going to be a a kind of a very worst-case scenario for Japan. And I would also think China uh, would take uh, the opportunity to further uh, expand their control over the Strategy Islands during the conflict across the Taiwan Strait. Uh, because the United States would be busy with responding to the Taiwan contingency and uh, US uh, might not be able to support the, the Southeast Asian countries' effort to defend the Spratly islands.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about the challenge for ASEAN countries to navigate this US-China standoff and possible Taiwan invasion? How do you think they will position themselves and how they should prepare for this kind of crisis?
1: So uh, the Southeast Asian countries are very much worried about the entrapment into the U.S.-China strategic competition. Uh, Because uh, many uh, ASEAN member countries rely on the United States for security, but uh, but at the same time, uh, those countries uh, rely on China for economy. They don't want to take sides. But it seems like the the United States is asking the Southeast Asian countries to take sides. Uh, The Biden administration uh, perceives the current international uh, framework as a competition between democracies and autocracies. But but in uh, ASEAN, some countries are more democratic, but some countries are less democratic. And the uh, United States hosted a Summit for Democracies and some ASEAN member countries were invited, but others were, were not. So this is a uh, this is perceived by ASEAN member countries as a uh, Biden administration's effort to divide ASEAN. So I think the Biden administration needs to think twice before talking about the competition between democracies and autocracies. Uh, when they have a discussion with Asia member uh, countries, so I think Japan can play an uh, uh, important role because we uh, Japan uh, understands the, the very sensitive uh, feeling of Asia member countries, and I think Japan can deliver uh, the the real concern the Asia member countries feel. Uh, to Washington, so that Washington can have a better ASEAN policy.
0: Do you think that this is the moment for a deepening of uh, possible Japan and Europe security cooperation, and what form that should take, do you think?
1: Recently, Japan and Europe have been working very closely uh, in terms of uh, security, uh, economy, and many other things. But in terms of security cooperation, uh, it was kind of a one-way. Uh, many, uh, uh, many European countries have dispatched military assets to uh, Asia. But Japan uh, has not dispatched uh, its military asset to Europe. So this has been a one-way security cooperation. But I think we have to make it two ways, meaning Japan should also send military platforms uh, to Europe uh, for joint training or exercises. And by doing so, uh, both Japan and Europe can send a signal to uh, potential uh, enemies that Japan and uh, Europe would fight together uh, when necessary. And by doing so, I think we can enhance our deterrence. So that's something uh, Japan should uh, consider.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. This was Voice for Choice. If you would like to know more about our work, please do visit our website at chinaobservers.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. We hope you'll make the right choice and tune in for the next episode of Voice for Choice.